Larry? Yes? You want to come in here for a minute, huh? Yeah, look, Rich is instant, okay? That's fine. Good. What? Look what I found in his pocket. Wow. Jesus. I never knew he was into the drug scene. God, look how much is here. This is not recreational, Rich. This is a career. This man needs some help, you know that? If he's not careful, he's going to wake up one morning dead. I watch 2020. I know the statistics. I read. <sighs> what? Larry Lomax is dead. I can't be. Why do these things always happen to me? Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. And that's the fastest version I've ever done of that. Yeah, lightning. Lightning speed. Lightning speed. We're looking at Weekend at Bernie's cult classic. This is one of my mates, Hugh. It's his favorite movie of all time. Has he watched it recently? Probably. Oh, wow. I respect that. He doesn't listen to this podcast, that's for sure. But <laughs> Maybe he, he will now. I'm gonna, we're finally I'm getting that, that, sweet, that sweet, sweet Hugh audience. Yeah, Weekend at Bernie's. 1989. 89. I had a look. It was actually a pretty, from a tonality perspective, it was a pretty glum year for cinema. Oh, yeah. So as far as the Oscars were concerned... Born on the 4th of July, My Left Foot, and the best picture was Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. They're pretty somber films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dead Poet Society in there as well, which we discussed last week very briefly. So I feel- The People's Favourite Roadhouse. Roadhouse. It's very sad. Yeah. Sad day for Sam Elliott. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so this film, I think, was basically the perfect antidote for all things critical and- well, critical acclaim in filmmaking in general. Agree. You know? Yep. Every yin needs its yang. This has certainly got its place, definitely in my heart. I love this movie. Yeah? Yeah. I had a, well, should we set the context? Please. With a little, I think this really captures the energy of the time. I mean, I think every, if you haven't heard, most people listening to this podcast, I'm sure, have heard of Wicked at Birdies. Well, I hope so. And if you haven't, what are you doing here? Every time you say that, you lose a listener. I know. We can't afford to be losing listeners. Yeah, if you're going to stop listening, keep listening. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the rewatch and all that, but it is one of those things where other than this movie existing, I'd, there's not a lot of conversation out there about this movie. Like, I think everyone has fond feelings towards it, but it's not something you talk about at, at length. In depth. No, unless you're saying uh, we had to pull a full weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of in culture in that level. Mm. But it's not in terms of like, it's not something that gets revisited like Pulp Fiction or Forrest Gump. Or, you know, it's, <laughs> no. no. This no. is, like you almost forget what is actually in the movie, but we'll get into that. But I think this really captures the sentiment at the time amongst the critic crowd. It's oh, our friend you? Roger Ebert. Oh, yes. Go. And Bernie literally 
becomes a drag. I couldn't wait for this to end. I agree with Eugene. I didn't find it funny, and I found it less and less funny as it went along and as Ooh. poor Bernie was dragged around. And what, you, what happens in movies like this, especially movies where the dead body is on camera for long scenes in the middle of dialogue, is I, I go on to a different track oh, altogether. I, know, I, I keep know trying think. to spot the actor breathing. Exactly. Yeah. I was Did watching he move his eyes. His little finger or not? Watch you know? his eyes. Well, this is the la this is fatal to comedy right. because comedy <laughs> has to do with characters, not with uh, with little fake uh, uh, acting like that. And uh, so that was a distraction. But apart from that. It was a bad idea, and it didn't work. I mean, I guess you give them points for trying, but no. it's just not funny. I don't give them points for trying because nobody tried with the, the with the boys. I mean, they were just, you know, rejects from a beach play. They did not as interesting characters. They Nothing. weren't giving interesting quirks of personality. Nothing. And there so, wasn't any writing in those people. Right. It was a bad idea, and it didn't work. I respectfully semi-disagree with that. Is he like the less cuddly David and Margaret combined? He well, he's kind of America's David and Margaret, and he's died. Yeah, and he had a rough go of it towards yeah, the end. Yeah, I think he was going. Um, well, but he's it? actually he's pretty on point generally, and there was a, actually a really good documentary made about him. I think Scorsese was involved, actually. Yeah, he's a really interesting dude. Yeah, if you look at his favorite movies, it's like the world's favorite list of yeah. movies, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's him copying the world. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He just has really good... I mean, every now and then there's an interesting... He has a point of view. This yeah. is not him being like, a... It's not. He's not a Jimmy Fallon. This is not him trying to be popular. Do you know what his 1990 favorite movie was? What? Goodfellas. Good man. Fine taste. 1999 was being Don Malkovich. Fair enough. 2002 was Minority Report. So he's not out and out. Fargo, like he's got good movies in it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's generally on point. Mm. I don't know what drove him off course on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Do mean, you think he auditioned for the part of Boini? <laughs> he's really upset. Yeah. This is the number 39 movie of 1989. What's not to like? <laughs> Tell us, Boini. I mean, <laughs> Boini. Rod, Roger. Roger. Well, I mean, so what What do you remember of this from your childhood? I don't I. Th think I just remember this being a cool movie. This was just cool. <laughs> this was a cool movie, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't remember I remember that guy rolling movie. up his sleeves a lot. You know he wears long sleeves under a Hawaiian shirt? Yeah. Or long sleeves under a shirt ongoing throughout the film in different combinations. But I, I consciously tried to recall what I remember this movie before I watched it, and that was the one image that came to my head. But I had the actors mixed up. Yeah. But the sleeves, very strange choice. Yeah, it's the um, 80s, baby. It's the 80s, baby. Uh, but other than that, I yeah. don't really remember anything specific. I think I just thought it was a cool movie, air quotes. Like, if you we get a Bernie's, now. baby. Yeah. You know, like it was a real, hey, yeah. we Something get like a Bernie's. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the track really lifts the mood of it. It does. Like, I don't think I thought it was a good, good movie. Look, it certainly you know. encapsulated the mood of a generation. <laughs> right. I feel like it's maybe the dude wears my car of 89. Like it's that kind of level Ooh. of absurdity. But knowing... But better. It, it, there's, a, there's a couple of little layers to it. Where we it can knows it's tackle. what it is. Like it's... There's a, couple, there's a little bit of commentary in there, a yeah. little bit of social commentary. Is it though? I mean, we'll get into that. I think so. How's this for a bit of context? Go on. This film was directed by this, the man that brought us first blood. That's interesting, isn't it? To many people known as Rambo 1. Which is a critically acclaimed It's actually film. a good... This is like a Rocky 1 scenario. Most people yeah. think of Rambo 2 when you say Rambo. 
First Blood was called First Blood, it's not called... Rambo. This is a pretty good movie. It's about PTSD. Like, it's relatively subtle and affecting. <laughs> and then he went and made this. So his name is Ted Kotcheff. Yeah. Um, interesting dude. But I'll dial it back a little bit first. This is actually based on a film from 1983 in India, a Hindi movie called Jane B. Duyaro. Ah. Which in turn, interestingly, was influenced by a movie called Blow Up. Have you, have you watched Blow Up? I remember watching that no, at uni. I don't know what you're talking about. So Blow Up is this movie from the 60s by Michelangelo Antonioni. Ah, the and it's, um, orange turtle? Uh, yeah, the, 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 the orange. It was a party dude. Now, if you watch this movie, there's like references to this where you'd be like, oh, that's what that's from. It's pretty low. I only know it from a smart uni lecturer that made us watch it. Yeah. But um, basically the idea of this is the photographer and he's, he does, he's doing his photography things and whatnot. I'm giving you the really shit version of this. He's taking photos of this woman and then as he blows up these photos, he realizes he can see a dead body in the picture and it becomes about, oh, how do we, or if I zoom in on this photo here, I can see the killer. Like it's just a really interesting movie. Anyway, in some ways, it is pretty critically acclaimed and accepted as sort of a classic. So in some ways, we get a Bernie somehow traces back to this. Anyway. pre-Bollywood? So so that was an English movie. Ah. Or an American movie. There's a Hindi movie called Jane B. D. Yaro that was influenced by Blow Up. But the Indian movie was a couple of photographers taking photos uh, in line with Blow Up. In this case, they see the killer, not the dead body. There's there's a bit of messiness going on. I'm not going to do a whole fucking plot recap. because I'm already lost. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, all you need to know is a couple of photographers, they accidentally stumble across a murder. They take photos of the body to try and capture the murderer as evidence. The body goes missing. They end up finding it. They end up taking photos of the corpse slash with the corpse, perhaps. Weird stuff happens, yada, yada, yada. But the thing was, this movie won best debut of a director in, uh, I guess, maybe local Indian film awards. But it sounded like a really a much tighter satire of Indian politics at the time. That's the way it's described. I w- this is the point of the show where I'd usually play a trailer or something, but it would <laughs> it might be quite visual. Maybe I'll put it on Instagram, but it's not really something that would really work. You'd just hear a bunch of people speaking Hindi and you wouldn't really get what's going on. But it's interesting. So someone guessed the wise idea. I couldn't find whose idea this was to make an American version kind of based off the idea of playing with a dead body, but it was initially considered as a potential vehicle for the Corys, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. What could have been? What could have been? R.A.P. <laughs> For one of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, obviously the dead one. <laughs> and how do we say R.A.P. to someone living? L.I.P. Live in peace. Good luck, Feldman. Good luck, Feldman. And Feldman's angels. Poor Feldman. Back to the movie. Should we put a disclaimer in here? There's not a lot out there on this movie. Usually we uncover some nuggets and it's like, oh, that's interesting. This movie, someone had the idea to make this movie, then they made this movie, (laughs) some people watched it, and that's kind of the story. (laughs) And then they somehow made a fucking second one. (laughs) Um, There's plenty of gaps in this backstory, this origin story of uh, 
of Weekend at Bernie's. Yes, it's loosely based on a Hindi film. Yes, the director of First Blood comes in. Yes, this combination is very, very odd, yet compelling. And it sounds like on set, this shit was fun, man. So yeah. this is uh, Andrew McCarthy talks about it in a more recent interview, looking back on his experience in the film. And man, these guys were just making shit up. It was just ridiculous. I mean, and we knew it was ridiculous. Um, it was like, what, what, what if what if I play Monopoly with Bernie? Okay, I'll just set him up and we'll tie a string and we'll wave to the girl walking by. Okay, yeah, 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 play Monopoly. That's a great idea. So next day I bring in my Monopoly set and we play Monopoly. And, you know, it's like, what if we throw him over the balcony? Yeah, good idea, yeah. What if, you guys what if Tide comes up? What if High Tide comes in and he washes out? Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So you guys were making it up as you a went lot, along? I mean, a lot of it was, yes, a, lot, a fair amount of it was made up. That's incredible. And uh, a lot of it wasn't. And, uh, I mean, Bob Klein wrote, wrote this crazy, ridiculous script and all, you know, but there was a fair amount of anything goes. I mean, it was so, there was nothing that was over the top. Right. It's like, let's have him well, have a toupee and let's staple it on his head. Yeah, 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 good idea. <laughs> it's pretty fun to see that. They had a lot of fun making this movie, a lot of improv. I feel like that comes up a lot when we cover movies. Ah, a lot of improvisation here. But it seems like there was a loose script and they were kind of just coming up with uh, scene ideas as they went along. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was Andrew McCarthy. And so he was the the quirky one. He was the funny best friend, I guess, to this one with always wearing long sleeves. But he's a Brat Pack guy. He's a Brat Pack guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was in St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, The Mannequin. And so this was a good one. Well, hang on. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those. (laughs) The mannequin. I feel like I want to watch St. Elmo's Fire because it's got all of them in it. You know, I always thought the lyrics to that song were yeah, this burning desire. Yeah, yeah. Or do they actually say that, or is it always? Uh, I think at some point they maybe say both. But I Ah, honestly, honestly, the only in the last six months. Worked out, he says, yeah. St. Elmo's, Fri- Elmo's Fire. Yeah. yeah. Is that Huey Lewis or something? Because I started listening to Huey Lewis. <laughs> I've been really getting into I, Huey I have. Lewis. I've been getting into Huey Lewis because it's feel-good music. I don't have time to be stressed out, Greg. Who does? I ain't got time for this. I want to listen to happy music. So I've been going 80s, I've been going Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis and the News, is that? Yeah. Yeah. They make Could me happy, be. Greg. They make me happy. I'm happy to hear that. A ladder makes me happy too. Man in mo- man in motion, John Parr. I don't know, man. Keep going. Sorry, buddy. Keep going. No, but it's uh, it's a good point we make probably. Um, Andrew McCarthy's there. This feels like a bit of a departure. So he was originally looking to be the other guy, the straight man in this. Um, but that he he actively chose to do this role instead. I guess more of the stiffler of the situation. And the other role went to John- Mr. Jonathan Silverman. Yes. Silverman. What do we know him from? So we know him from a few places. I mean, you and me specifically, which I was pleasantly surprised to hear, know him from The Single Guy, the which single was a, guy. a sitcom in the 90s. But um, here's a little clip of him talking about his experience in this film. Do people still approach you about Weekend at Bernie's? Uh, it still shows, right? They do. I, I'm, I'm thrilled and shocked and confused that this little movie that we made uh, 25 years ago still... It's a cult classic. It's right? turned into a cult. And when we made it, I had no... I was lucky just to have the job. I had no idea people would find it amusing. It, it's about a guy who dies on page 20 and we drag him around the, the Hamptons for the rest of the weekend. But It was a bit too humble. He is, yeah. He's, uh, that's a very... PR, uh, media-ready 
conversation he was having there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd be wanting to be, if I was going to dance with King Larry, I'd want to be prepped too. Uh, interesting thing about Jonathan Silverman. How's this? I don't know if you heard this story. Jonathan Silverman was, uh, you know, he, I think he's relatively successful. Not, not, not quite a household name, but he's done things and he's still doing things. He's been in lots of things. Yeah. But in the 90s, he shot a pilot for ABC called Couples. Three couples, six people. Didn't get picked up. Oh, didn't get picked up. David Crane or whatever that name was was the creator of this show and someone else who I forget, which some nerd will probably correct me on, made this show called Couples. Doesn't quite get picked up for C- for series. They go to NBC. NBC's like, this show is pretty interesting. Plot twist. What if they were all single? Then we can have a few romantic comedy elements going throughout. What if they were just friends? Oh. This guy, poor Jonathan Silverman, goes, man, if ABC didn't pick it up, this shit ain't going to fly in NBC. This ain't happening. His mate, David Schwimmer, takes over, and you have Ross. This guy could have been Ross. He's Ross. He's Ross. He was Ross before Ross. He was Ross before Ross. That's fascinating. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Especially because then he did do The Single Guy. So the show we were referencing before, The Single Guy was a sitcom. And then I, this was like, remember that? For Australians, there was a point mid-90s, probably post-Seinfeld slash mid-Seinfeld, where any American sitcom just flooded our TV screens. Uh, like Suddenly Susan? Suddenly Susan. Uh, the Naked Truth. Um, Kath in the City? Se- what? No, Caroline in the City. Caroline in the City? Um, this one. The Single Guy. Becca. Like, all these things were just there. Ned and Stacy. Ned and Stacy. Yeah, there you go. They're all these things. There's more. I we're not remembering that. them now because they're forgettable. These are off the tongue. But I like them. I, I, <laughs> I love the single guy. I love the single guy. I can't believe I just read that it was only around for two episodes. I felt like I watched more of it than no, that. No, really? Two yeah. episodes? Two seasons. Two seasons. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which probably because David Schumer was in that right. as well. Hey, Was that a Friends crossover or was he just David Well, Jonathan Schumer? Silverman was in... Friends, I can remember, okay, this is... Connected Universe, MCU? Yeah, it's MCU. Give you context of how well I can remember it, uh, an example I should say. He was a gynecologist in oh, Friends yeah, okay. and he dated Rachel and then they were dating for a bit and it wasn't going anywhere or something and then he says to her in the coffee shop, she's like, he's like, oh, how do I say this to you? Um, you work in, you're, you work at a cafe, right? You're a wait, waitress, you, you know, you serve coffees and she's like, yeah, and he goes, do you ever, so he's a guy now, he goes, do you ever get home and see, if I see one more cup of coffee, <laughs> lol, yeah, that was, and then they broke up. So that's really interesting that, so so he was. He could have been Ross, basically, it seems. So he walked away from the show when it went to NBC, or they. Well, that's the way he phrased it. Because he was big in that. In that mid nineties, he's a recognizable face, right? But I don't know if it's oh, just I from this or because I watched the single guy. But what is that? It's peak mid nineties, isn't it? He's apparently been busy since then. Um, should we talk about Weekend of Bernies? What is there to talk about? What hasn't already been said? <laughs> in that not much about. Should we Citizen talk about Kane? Should we talk about Terry Kaiser as Bernie? Oh, we should. I mean, this guy got a sweet deal, didn't he? And he gets to wear sunglasses the entire time. And a really fetching... A windbreaker. Win- I love that windbreaker. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's fucking it's awesome. Come, it's come full circle. Yeah, it's a ripper. So Terry Kaiser, 
I imagine he is an actor. Well, I've learned he is an actor. He's done more than this. But when you go to his Wikipedia page or IMDb, the opening line is literally like, best known for his role in Weekend at Bernie's, where he played a fucking dead body. That gets controlled by two other people. Yeah. That's your break. That That's it? That's your highlight? You're a dead body? Man, I feel bad for this guy. It'd be interesting to know if he felt it was his hi- his highlight. <laughs> Probably not. Well, when I looked him up, he's in heaps of stuff, but it yeah. seems like heaps of bit parts. Like his, unless I've missed something significant, he seems like he just kind of pops up all over the place. Should we get into the movie itself? Yeah. For those who don't want to watch the movie, the trailer will do the job. I hate to say this, but Bernie, it appears as if somebody's trying to defraud the company. Gentlemen, this is good work. Very, very good work. How would you two like to come to my house at the beach? The man absolutely loves us. Don't kill them while I'm around. Forget the accident with the two guys. Take care of Lomax. Ow! Ooh, what was... Oh. Oh, Bernie, we're here. Larry Lomax is dead. What kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? He's the one who's been stealing from the company. Son of a... Bernie is going to have us killed? Lomax told whoever he's talking to not to kill us if he's around, right? Yeah, yeah, but Lomax is dead. He's not around anybody anymore. (laughs) I know that. You know that. Nobody else knows that. (laughs) Welcome to Bernie's place. Hey, Bernie! Ladies! Hello! Where the parties are to die for. Hey, Bernie. Bernie. Oh, Bernie. You're really loose. <laughs> Doesn't anyone realize he's dead? The women. Hey, Bernie around? Are drop dead gorgeous. Oh, my God. And the host. Where's Bernie? I'll kill him if he's cheating on me. Is a little stiff. He's in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's laid more dead than I do alive. How'd you find the rewatch? Hmm. Uh, I was a little disappointed, to be honest. But not that I had huge expectations. Yeah. yeah. But I was kind of hopeful that there'd be kind of two angles. Absurd. I know it's going to be absurd. That's fine. I was maybe hoping that it would be funnier. Yeah, that's fair. This is in that category of like good, bad movies, I guess. I did enjoy the absurdity and... Uh, the overall kind of Maybe vibe. Maybe you just like it. the song. It might be the song, to be honest. You know Maybe what? You if don't I, like if, the song. If, if I was seeing a lot less this episode, that's true. Then some like it hot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if it was, I think it's just if it was funnier, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Which sounds like a pretty general statement, but a movie like this, either be more profound in like kind of your interesting spin from a satire point of view or just be fucking funnier yeah like dude where's my car do more with the corpse yeah exactly it's kind of one joke replayed many times which is not necessarily bad if you're doing it well a couple of them are good so i I quite like the monopoly thing he's like "Eh," like the waving the hand because it's so stupid but it more of that would have been fun and the couch the original couch yeah 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 yeah. But like washing up on the beach wasn't that funny. That's yeah. Mm. Um, 
don't know. What, what about you? Um, probably less harsh. I think I enjoyed it more than you. I mm. was kind of just maybe. I think I might have some more uh, nostalgia. Yeah. Pieces running through me for this one. So I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and I think I like the song. I did. I do like it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it's it. Got in this the movie. sweet little pop reggae. Th- yeah. Thing happening. Which is interesting. They kind of pay that off a little bit more in the in the sequel, but yeah, it was nice. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I think I loved it when I was young. So I think just rewatching it. Was I think I did too. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out where I would have seen this. We definitely no had idea. It on VHS. I know my dad didn't like it. Right. Good taste. <laughs> no, I'm being harsh. I like that this movie exists. But I think the idea of it is better than the execution of it. Yeah. Should we, should we break it down a little? You want to take us through a little, little play by play? Yeah. This is a pretty simple one. Yeah. Guy dies, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretend this guy he's not boiny. dead. <laughs> so there's these two guys. They're these uh, ones, the you know more softly spoken, shy type. Yeah, swimmer type. Real swimmer type. Ross. Real Ross. The other one's more of a Rachel. I'm, I'm just getting over that clip, man. That's <laughs> ah, he turned down friends. If that's legit, that's whew. so. We're on the opening scene, and we get a sense that there's two friends that are, you know, there's a bit of a yin and a yang thing. Yeah, one's a bit more loosey goosey, eccentric. The other's a bit more buttoned down. One wears suspenders. One wears floral shirts under his Correct. blazer. He's the crazy guy. Yeah, maybe he rolls up his blazer sleeves. He's running late to their first meeting. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, he says it's hot in New York City, yet he's wearing a long sleeve under his fucking thing. Anyway, so. It's an uncomfortable. Yeah. It made me hot watching it. Yeah, the sticky floor and everything. But it's a weird weird thing that, like, did someone decide, no, no, this character always wears a long sleeve shirt under his shirt? It doesn't seem necessary, but it seems deliberate. What is? What are we saying here? And they're complaining about how how hot it is. He's sitting on the roof. He's sitting in a pool, a kiddie pool. Yeah, like things melting into the tar. And he's like, I will stand by my long sleeve shirt. Yeah, he would have no shirt on. Yeah, if he was that guy. Yeah. So they're they're making this. Um, they got some computer paper. Remember? The, yeah, computer, remember the old printer goes. So they got some computer paper and they've. They've found some anomalies in some numbers. They take it into the big boss on Monday, who's this kind of like wheeler dealer type. I didn't realize when I was young he's taking drugs this whole movie until yeah, he, he goes dies. to the bathroom. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Like, because even before he's like touching his nose. Yeah, and it comes out of he's like the guys are talking. He goes in the bathroom and has a thumper. Yeah, because he comes out sort of playing with his yeah. nasal cavity. Yeah, from the drugs. Yeah. Anyway, so. They show these anomalies in the numbers that essentially show they're working an insurance company. They've found some anomalies. Someone's been double dipping on life insurance. Yeah. I think it got paid out four times or something. Something. Trip, quadruple dipping. Quadruple dipping. Quad, quad dip, I think quad they dip. call it. Anyway, so he sort of like disputes it and he's like, oh, you guys, have, no, you, yeah, this is impressive. And he's like, hang on, why don't you guys uh, come out to my Hamptons place on the weekend We'll and I'll kill you. I mean, we can talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> Girls, son, famous people, parties. Huh? Mm. Call me Bernie. 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 No worries, Burn. Bernie. Yeah, that was pretty good. Bernie. 
So then they basically they're super excited. They think they've made it. They're young. They're young guys. Young guys. They want success. They want money. They want boobs. So they head on out. Meanwhile, they leave the office. Bernie calls. No, Bernie goes to dinner with the mob. Basically, uh, an interesting spin on the mob. Can't can't quite put my finger on it, but what a weird representation of the mob. <laughs> yeah, was, I'm assuming that was the mob, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, I guess so. It was odd. It was <laughs> really weird. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was weird. It was weird. Um, I, they were trying to make the joke similar to um, Austin Powers, where they weren't killing anymore, and they're like, you know, we made our money off this thing. And he's like, I guess I could get back into it or whatever. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't quite landing, but I think what they were going for was that Austin oh, Powers joke of, now, but... oh, they made the money off Starbucks and it, yeah, it's a multinational. I'm not explaining yeah, but... it properly, but yeah, you get yeah, the yeah, idea. Yeah. It's um. The idea of having to kill someone was like, whoa, whoa, I guess I can remember how to do that. Yeah, all, I can you know. check um, off the gobwebs. And I think that's, that's probably representative of a lot of, they just don't quite get that. It's like, good idea, but didn't quite get there. Didn't land it? Yeah, didn't quite land it. Probably not. So then he, say, yeah, he says, look, we need to kill these guys. We need to kill these guys. And they're like, fucking, yeah, don't say that shit, man. Don't fucking say that shit right now. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I'll come kill them. He goes, all right, do it before I get there. I don't want to be around. When... So they're heading up to the f- thinking they're having this weekend of fun. So like a long weekend up there or whatever. So they head on out to the island. Meanwhile, there's been a love interest introduced. Ipso facto, they go to the beach house. Then the other guys, the mobsters are like, no, nah, no, nah, don't worry about the kids. Kill Bernie. He's getting loose. Yeah. We need to get rid of Bern. It's a liability. He's a liability. So yeah. Bernie gets nipped before they get there. Yeah. Syringe in the butt. Syringe in the butt. Kills him. I don't know what's in that. And then the guy... he get, kind of is, like, first he's like, ooh. Ooh. Yeah, mm. some, probably an OD of sorts. Then he's dead. So oh, yeah, good point. Probably the guys think. get there, and they're so committed to having a big weekend, they find Bernie dead, and they're like, fuck, let's just pretend he's not dead and hang around. See, this is interesting. This is very interesting. It's not until like halfway through the movie that they're not to jump ahead, but at this point, there's no other than to get chicks. There's no real reasoning to hide his death. Do you need any more reason? Well, later on, there's this idea of like we need to have him around us so that we don't get killed. But they don't know this yet, so they're literally just keeping him a- yeah. alive yeah. for no real reason other than to get babes. Yeah, they do. Which is pretty. No, they're at the Hamptons, baby. They made it. <laughs> I guess. There's Perrier Jouet. Hey, did you notice the product placement right through this film? No. Of Perrier Jouet champagne? No. It's lots of it. Do you know what happens to a dead body, Greg? It gets stiff. Yeah. And smells. There's rigor mortis. You know what happens before rigor mortis? Stinker mortis. So, but rigor mortis is where your muscles tighten up and your body goes stiff. That's why they call them a stiff. Yeah, you call them a real stiff, right? Well, that means you're not lounging around on the couch. It means you're not just being all floppy, jalopy all over the place. But before that happens, your muscles do relax. You know what that means? You shit yourself. You shit yourself. You piss yourself. This guy stinks. Yeah, you empty anything that's in your bowels. And he's laying down like a fucking floorboard is how it should go. So I'm starting to think this is not based on the true story. What are you Craig? suggesting? <laughs> so let, let me break it down for you. Decomposition begins four minutes in. Muscles relax all over your body, all over your body, Greg, including the sphincter. 
Yeah, the sphincter's always the first to go. Poo is released. You go into autolysis. That means rigor mortis. Within two hours, uh, your muscles are stiffening. You turn white and purple. Blood goes kind of to the bottom because your blood's not being pumped no more. 12 hours in, the body gets cool to the touch. So if someone's coming up to you, touching you, you're cold. Your eyes cold, baby. Yeah. Rigor mortis goes for 36 hours. That's more than the length of the time covered in this film, I believe. So if this movie wants to be <laughs> realistic, which... Anatomically correct. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure it doesn't. But this thing, this guy should be stiff, stiff as a board, shat his pants and fucking ice cold. No one thinks this guy's alive, man. No one thinks this guy's alive. No chance. Man. And you know what? I don't know. How long do you think this the plot goes for? Is it two days, three it's days, four weekend. days? Yeah, it's, it's the like weekend. Two, three days. Because you push it further, you get to stage two, which is bloat. Oh. That's when leaked leaked enzymes in your body start, start to, to produce gas. The human body doubles in size. Doubles. Doubles. So you're like the blueberry you're the blueberry child in in uh Oompa, Loompa, but only you shouldn't have had a weekend at Birdies. Hey. All you have to do is make the first word one as easy. Make up a <laughs> last the hack, word. That's the hack. You just make up the first word. <laughs> you just make it up. Then you're in the jackpot. Damn, I had something. That's all I got. On I had the something very thing. interesting to say. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It was something about the Riggy Morty. Ah. Uh, does Bernie have cleaners? I'm just thinking, like, this is this. So they're at this mansion all weekend, and basically people are popping in. The party apparently always ends up back at Bernie's. So yeah. the parties are waving in and waving out. Oh, Bernie. And they have, but by like two days, a day in, the house is a pigsty, like, as though they've had the parties there, which is realistic. But I'm just thinking, if Bernie's a party guy, yeah, which he was, certainly is, yeah, he would have a cleaner that came in and cleaned up the parties every day. But I think that kind of works because imagine the the kind of people in this kind of place in this kind of scenario that have cleaners, they're probably getting they're probably passed out being cleaned around the whole time, so that probably plays better than the rest of it in some ways. Yeah, like imagine true. a cleaner just kind of you know vacuuming around a passed out Homer Simpson kind yeah, of thing. They should yeah. have done that. They should have done, yeah. So they should have done the scene. Good point. You missed it. Yeah, yeah. Good opportunity. That actually, yeah, that would have been a great scene. Yeah. Yeah, good point. A little more palatable than the uh, necrophilia scene. Oh, yeah. Well, can we get into that now? Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, so, so <laughs> Bernie's dead. They spend the weekend partying with the dead Bernie, trying to pretend he's alive. No one notices he's actually dead. At one point, his girlfriend come mistress or something. The, the, the mob boss's wife, the reason he gets her, killed in the first yeah. place. Comes I got to see Bernie. She comes over, hammered, drunk, and they're and they're sitting downstairs. Everyone's got out, and they're like, "Oh no, we're done." She goes upstairs. We're fucked. We're fucked. She's gonna find him. Yeah. And then she comes down, all satisfied. Yeah. As though, yeah, she's just fucked. Yeah. And then I guess that's where the rigor morty comes in. May ah, good point. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah, she fucked her dead body. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty dark. But again, it's kind of like, well, I mean, I think when they eventually hear the tape, that's kind of interesting where they're like, oh, he was trying to kill us. Yeah. And then they, well, they don't really communicate well, which I guess is a key plot point in the movie was on that tape, he is saying like, don't do it when I'm around them. 
And so that's why they keep him around them. But at this point, mm. we're more than halfway into the movie. So most of it doesn't make sense up until that. Like if that happened earlier, that would make perfect sense why they're keeping him alive. Yeah. Like make it earlier. That why are makes you keeping sense. a corpse? Yeah. Like it's, it's a crime to move a dead body. It's a crime to steal a fucking Rolex from a dead body. So apparently a couple of guys did it. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled, I pulled up some of the information on that. A couple of guys found their mate dead <laughs> yeah. and they took him out for a night. So Robert Young, 43, and Mark Rubinson, 25, have been charged with abusing a corpse, identity theft, and criminal impersonation. So in Denver, uh, according to police, they found him dead, unresponsive, but instead of calling the authorities, they decided to take this man out on the town. <laughs> it's so good. They drove to a restaurant to hang out. They returned to Jarrett's home, carried him in, put him in bed. Uh, from there, they got gas, made a stop at a burrito joint, um, using Jarrett's card. So they're spending money on this thing. Yeah. Then they went to a strip club using his card again. Uh, they withdrew 400 bucks at this point. They left the club, told the valet that they were driving around with a dead guy <laughs> and they didn't know what to do with it and they were just going to go home really fast. That's, that, that's a quote. Um, and they got busted, basically. Yeah. But this is a fucking good point with this movie. This is not if this all coincided where they find him dead and realize they were supposed to be killed, it would make sense. But in the meantime, they're committing all kinds of crimes. You should not be hiding it. You should not be moving it, buddy. You should not be pretending he's alive. You should not be stealing his fucking Rolex. Like, this shit's crazy. I guess he felt he earned it. I was expecting more of uh, more consequence at the end of the movie when it's like, wait, so what have you been doing with this dead body the whole time? Why did you call us before? Oh, relax, Tristan. Oh, oh come on. Come on, David. Come on. Have a bit of fun. Come on, David. That was that was my Margaret Pomeroy. Oh, Dave, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, David, that actually was pretty good. It's a movie. <laughs> so what's yes, interesting on this is, fun. if I had more time this week, I really wanted to watch the movie and break down all the laws they broke and what kind of sentence they break would have gotten. The law break. Yeah, and. I thought maybe I could make a shortcut and Google this thing, and no one's ever written it up. So I would still like to look into that, and maybe I'll owe you guys that, and I'll put it on social somewhere. But what's great is when I did Google it, one great result came up, this SNL skit, which is fucking pure gold. It's basically what I'm talking about here. There's no real reason to this. I can't believe our boss is letting us hang in this palace for the whole weekend. We are going to get so many babes. Hey, forget about the babes. I'm just hoping for that promotion. Mr. Bernard, we're here. Dude, look. Wow. Looks like you really partied hardy. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bernard, your guests are going to be here soon. Uh, Devin? I don't think he's alive. Oh, God. Oh, man. Okay, we need to call the cops. Yep, Ricky, we definitely should call the cops. But the party's in one hour. All those babes are already in motion. If they show up here and this place has gone from party house to funeral home, we're going to be the laughing stock of the beach. 
So what do you suggest? We pretend he's alive and have the best night ever. Dude, that is a great idea. Yeah! <laughs> All right. Okay, let in the babes. Come on in. Welcome to the party, you guys. I believe you know Mr. Bernard. Oh my God, he's dead! You're gonna burn in hell for this! They then dressed him in a Hawaiian shirt and propped him up for show like a ragdoll cadaver. They desecrated his body. They made him do the limbo. So this is more of an accurate representation of... Uh, oh, David. What would have gone, oh, David, it's a movie. Have a little fun. <laughs> Am I David? I thought I was Margaret. Oh, I think it's clear that you are David, my friend. You know, David fought for anti-censorship. Respect for David. Hey, I think we've just worked out. We've been umming and ahhing over who's Margaret. I guess I'm David. David. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Margaret. I'm going to have to get me some earrings. Big old fancy ones. Yeah, there's some good lobe hang time. Um, but I think that's. I think that Friends kind of, of sums show. up. These dudes should be in trouble, man. <laughs> they yeah. fucked up. They fucked up. I think the rule is, kids, if you find a dead body, let the authorities know. Unless they're rich. Haven't you seen the film Jindabyne? They find a dead body. Ah. And let me just say that it's a less than comical experience for those guys. More realistic, perhaps. Yeah, do you know? Have you seen the film? I haven't seen it. Critically that's really acclaimed. Good. It's got like Gabriel Byrne, Laura Linney. So it was an Aussie film, but it had Laura Linney and Gabriel Byrne. Were they playing Australians? They were playing people. I re- heard that was really good. Yeah, it was. It was dark. Like so, basically, the premise of the film is these four mates go fishing. Yeah, and it's a fil- it's, a, it's their annual fishing trip in like back country, <laughs> so you got to apparently it's like a few days thing and you got to go right full driving and then hike for half a day and blah 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 and they find a, a young indigenous woman's dead body yeah and then i think they're like freaking out and discuss like you know it's a pretty big deal confronting to find this body in this in the river and then after they find them they think about like they're gonna go back the next day because it's too late that night yeah and one of the guys is Fishing, like, oh, we're baiting our fish. And he catches a massive fish. So they're like, oh, why don't we just keep fishing for a couple of days? Because we're kind of here anyway. And, yeah. And what then, difference does it make? What difference she's already to, dead. She's already dead. We're, no one would have found it. We'll still we'll, sort it out. Yeah, we'll report it. We'll keep the body in a safe spot in the water so it's not. I feel like we're getting to spoilers for Jindabyne. Basically. Hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> So they take the, they, they put they, a sweet windbreaker on the her. Back to the city. <laughs> nice sunglasses. And start playing Monopoly with her downtown, <laughs> and, and they tie their shoelaces to her shoes and walk her through the village, <laughs> waving. <laughs> All right, we sorted that out. So that's Jindabyne. Greg, Greg's recap. Jindabyne's dark. Same premise. Jindabyne's sort of result. the dark version of this movie. It's nothing like this movie, other than they find a corpse. <laughs> Sway less hilarity. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Greg and I, uh, full disclosure, listeners, Greg and I did have a brief chat about this film uh, before we started recording, and we both did arrive at a similar area that could be interesting. Uh huh. Is to think about this film through a similar lens to that of American Psycho. That's and right. is this really an interesting satire on the bourgeoisie, the 
the eighties fucking Hamptons crowd. Mm. They're so self obsessed and peak capitalism. They don't even notice that one of their own is dead because it's just what so self serving. Yeah, how would they notice? I would. I think that is one reading of this film. Yeah, I think they could have gone further with it. Yeah, they. They got yeah. into it in that first party scene when everyone comes in and doesn't realise he's dead. Yeah. And they said, no one even noticed he's dead. And to your point, Gregory, that's interesting. With If a cleaner came in, that would have been a nice way to do that. And maybe if they handled the girlfriend coming in and banging him differently, that could have been interesting. Mm. I would say that, so American Psycho, I've never read the book from all yeah. reports. It's, Apparently that's better. Yeah. But like there is the definitely a common theme there, right? Well, he in wrote that in. I'm just going to put this out there. Oh, he yeah. wrote that in '91. Yeah, and this was '89. Brett, uh, Brett Easton Ellis. Yep. Yep. Wrote uh, American Psycho in '91. Yep. This came out in '89. So, was this was Weekend at Bernie's just enough of a nugget to him to see that? And I'm willing to, to draw that bow. I'm. We're drawing it. There was a film Brett. in the 60s called Blow Up, which is, uh, is a well-renowned, artistic, beautiful movie that inspired a Hindi movie, that inspired this movie, uh-huh. that inspired American Psycho. This makes sense to me. I'm on board. This is what we live for. Well, this is what we live for. But I do think this movie could have been more along those lines. That would have been kind of a really... Yeah. It still could have been funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not that far off. It's going through the motions of what we're saying. Yeah. But it could have been executed more on point. Yeah. To I, really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't quite get there. However, in it's saying illegal. that. illegal. What you're doing is illegal. <laughs> yeah. Which is the, interesting. That's the best part. Yeah. That's the best part. I didn't, and I was like, ah, oh, oh, let it go. I was good, like, I didn't have a major point to make about that. But for some reason, that line <laughs> just. It. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the boat. They're, yeah, they're driving. You know, they get on the boat for some reason. They're going to drive back to the mainland. They got Bernie on the boat, and he can't drive the boat. And he's crashing it around. Yeah. And the bourgeois are sitting on yeah. their boat. You know, yeah. just more just eating caviar or whatever. Yeah. Going. I feel like this was me yelling at the screen though. It's, it's illegal. illegal though. What, you're, what doing? you're doing is illegal. Which <laughs> I don't know. Is that just a, was that a clever way? Yeah. Of, well, they, yeah. Exactly. Is this intentional? Intentionally saying. Is this a self-aware doing, right? thing like, of guys? You can't actually be running around with a corpse. Yeah. Rather than just crashing the boat. So how clever is this? Do, how do we yeah. Know? Well, I've only been able to find one critical essay on this film. Um, in, in absence of our own. <laughs> um, <laughs> he did it, first blood, though. Yeah, he did do first blood. And that, so, I mean, he has a point of view. I feel like that that must have been the intent of this of this movie. I believe so. But I found this really interesting point of view of this. There's this, uh, I guess it was some guy from an American, fuck, I should have sourced this better, American University, but he wrote this book called Of Corpse, an analysis of death, in film and, and the way we talk about death in film and how we treat death. And there's a whole chapter around, uh, I guess, sort of comedy in death and that yeah. kind of thing. And so they do bring up Weekend of Bernie's. And um, it's interesting because it does have a similar reading of you could read this as social criticism around the Hamptons crowd, the self-indulgences and self-obsessions make them oblivious to Bernie's death. Again, maybe not executed great, but the idea that they invade his house, they drink his booze, they borrow his boat, generally sucking up all his resources, 
He's still the life of the party, yet he's dead. He's still people getting drugs off him, blah, 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 blah. But where it kind of falls down, and this is this is um this was in the essay. I didn't come up with this, but I think it's actually pretty on point, is it probably would have been more accurate or powerful if these guys also weren't just rich white guys too. You know what I mean? Like they they're still meh. Like if there was a bit more of an outsider going into this crazy world, a bit more like get out or something where it's like, what the fuck is this crazy place? They don't even realize this guy's dead. What's wrong with these people? Mm. You know what I mean? But they're also just sort of these guys. They're just trying to get babes. and they're wannabes. Yeah, yeah, wannabes. I mean, they're not as rich, but they are still kind of in that world. Would have been interesting to bring other people from another world into this world. From Again, like a get out kind of way. Really bring that to life a bit more. I mean... You know, this is the nature of a podcast. We're really projecting things onto this film, which maybe it's not intending to be. Well, there is an Italian remake that I can't source. I can't so find it. So are you it. telling me that there's the film Blow Up, which inspired a Hindi movie, which inspired this movie, which inspired American Psycho, which inspired an Italian remake? Yeah, well, I think the Italian remake's a bit more intrinsically linked to Weekend at Bernie's, but it is a drama. Right. Okay. So all the stuff we've talked about in terms of the comedy versus yeah. the fact that they're driving around a corpse, um, I think it's a more serious version, but I can't find it. I've Yeah. But apparently it's a thing. So, Greg, have you seen Weekend at Bernie's 2? I have not. I Well, not that I remember. Yeah. I started watching Weekend at Bernie's 2. And? Out of dedication to the podcast. Good. I stopped after about 15 minutes. I think I got the gist of it. It's not what I expected. How so? <laughs> it's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Is there a trailer we can see? Uh, actually, that's that's actually a pretty good call. Let's do that. Yep, that's him. America's favorite stiff is back. That's Bernie Lomax. I recognize that smirk anywhere. But mm. this corpse has a job to do. I found this in Bernie's wallet. It's a key to a safety deposit box in St. Thomas. That's the two million bucks that Lomax stole. It's noted as a personal entry. Account. What does it mean? The Richard? only one who could get in is Bernie Lomax personally, and well, he's kind of dead right now. We go back to the morgue. We get the body. We go to St. Thomas. Oh. We take Bernie to the bank. So they're packing him up. <sighs> I think I'm gonna sit down. Thanks. And heading for the islands. Whoa, gentlemen! But they're about to discover. Raise this man from the dead. He will lead you to where he has hidden the money. That Bernie Lomax is more popular than ever. Two guys, they're taking Bernie. Okay. So this is crazy. This movie exists. So, if you didn't get it from the trailer, this movie picks up pretty closely from the last one left off. They're in the morgue. They're identifying the body. There's a miscommunication where they think these guys are his family. There's a safe deposit box key, and they're like, oh, my God, there's the money there. Let's do it. Someone else also, I guess, comes across this. They bring Bernie back to life through voodoo. Oh, he's alive? They So, (laughs) there's this scene. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on Insta or something, but there's this scene. They go to, I, I don't know what even country it's supposed to be. Uh, judging from the music, it's the Bahamas. I was going to say, yeah. And it feels Bayesian. Yeah. 
And um, basically these two dudes bring him back to life through voodoo. And he kind of wakes, he, he's walking and they have to follow him to find the, the spot. But this became, I don't know how realistic this explanation is, but apparently this became like a thing. There was a bit of a dance craze of um, the Bernie dance, the way he was walking and the way he was dancing. Are you sure that isn't Thriller? It's kind of Thriller. So this is, there's this rapper named Trey Doe, Trido, Trado, I don't know. He made this <laughs> song songs. after seeing this movie, literally after seeing this movie, he made this song about Do the Bernie. And <laughs> Do the Bernie. Let's go. say cultural significance perhaps perhaps Perhaps. not this movie doesn't quite i mean it's definitely cultural significance in terms of everyone our age knows this movie and there's kind of fond memories in my opinion it feels like the i just the fact that this movie exists i take delight in but much less delight i take in watching the film itself big potential though i so you'd remake it? I wouldn't be against a reboot. It done in the right way. Really dial up the satire in all the ways we're talking about. Make this an American Psycho kind of thing. Still funny though. Um, I think that could be interesting. I don't know what what, what do you think? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could, they could go a bit harder on some of the stuff we talked about. Yeah, or you could just. Move on. Oh, just move on. Yeah, that's kind of. It's like yeah, I'd rewatch this though. I I enjoyed rewatching it. I can't really describe why. A, it, Possibly, yeah, it no. must be a lot of it. A, a bit nostalgia of nostalgia there, but it's a, it goes in that Saturday morning category for me. This yeah. this would be in that roster. Yeah, Carol wasn't into it. What are we coming up, Greg? That's um, our verdict. Wait, in case you didn't get it. <laughs> what have, what do we got coming up? Have we got Naked Gun coming up? We've got Naked Gun coming up. We've got some Arnie coming up. Are we going to do oh, Terminator yeah. or Commando? TBC. TBC. We've got but some we Arnie coming some up. Arnie. Got some, some Arnie coming Arnie. up. Arnie. So um, in the meantime, catch us on our socials. Hit us up with those reviews there. Yeah. And um, 